Praise God this morning. Just love what God is doing in this church. and Man, excited about the future. Let me ask you this. I, I, I don't want to really preach this morning. I want to teach because I think you need to learn this. Uh, as Christian folks, I'm going to roll up my sleeves for this real quick. Anybody ever have somebody get on their nerves? If you've ever had somebody get on your nerves since you've been a Christian, raise your hand. I'm not alone. Well, back in the day, we roll up our sleeves. Before in Christ, we'd roll up our sleeves and we'd take care of things the way we used to take care of things. And people will get on your nerves. Let me speak to the holier than thou now, people. Since you've been saved, people will get on your nerves. Do you ever go around and say, the nerve of people? The nerve of that person, the nerve of them. Good night, I just want to whoop them. I guess y'all just uh, better than I am. Jesus experienced that same thing. Some people got on Jesus' nerves, and man, he didn't like it. He ran them off. Since you've been saved, there are going to be people get on your last nerve. Am I preaching to the choir this morning or am I preaching? Let me say this to you this morning. They'll get on your last nerve. And even Jesus, as loving, as kind, as gentle as he was, there's a place in the Bible that talks about a bunch of people got on his nerves. And he ran them up out of his church. He ran them up out of his church. What? Where? When? How? What Bible is that? It's in here. Some people got on Jesus' last nerve. He said, enough. I've had enough. I've had enough. I'm running them up out of here. Show me. Matthew. Open your Bible. Matthew. Matthew 21, 12. Even Jesus got so tired of a bunch that he drove them out of his church. Can you imagine Jesus rolling up his sleeves? Oh, I had enough of these, boy. Tucking up his robe and stuff, man, like taking his sand, taking his shoes off. Mad. This world we live in. The devil's going to send people to you to try to cause you to stumble, to try to cause you to fight, to try to cause you to lose your testimony. And we've gotten to the place in our walk and in church and in life where we say, it's okay, we can just ask for forgiveness. I'll go beat the heck out of whoever I want to, and we can just ask for forgiveness. If that was the case, I done did that a long time ago. But God told you and I to live to a higher standard. There is a higher standard. Touch three people and say, you are to live to a higher standard, cowboy. I didn't hear the cowboy. Do it again. But I'll show you where people got on Jesus' last nerve. Jesus entered into Matthew 21, verse 12. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of money changers 
in the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Some people will wear you out. Some people will suck the life right out of you. Some people will pull all the helium out of your system. Man, I have been there, brothers and sisters. I have been there where I had tried to work with people and try to work with groups and work with organizations. And it comes to the point where you're like, this is exhausting. This is frustrating. What do I do? I'm here today to answer that question for you. What do you do when people get on your last nerve? Anybody have somebody ever get on their last nerve? Raise your hand. If that person is in this church, keep your hand down. I saw some of y'all starting to point at me, and I was finna come down there. I was rolling on my sleeve. I told y'all. I ain't always been a preacher now. Some people will wear you out. They'll suck the life out of you. They will take the helium right out of your balloon. Moses understood this more than any other person. Moses understood this. Moses had walked with God, had been with God. Moses, I think, was one of the luckiest men in the Bible. He spent probably more time with God than anybody else. Moses had seen God work firsthand. How many have seen God work firsthand in their life? Moses had seen God work firsthand when God worked on Moses' hand. God worked on Moses' hand. And God seen, Moses seen God do a miracle when he healed Moses' hand of leprosy. Moses had been to the burning bush. He had seen God's unimaginable, unimaginable glory. He witnessed the miracles. God delivered his hand from leprosy. He had seen God take his rod and turn it into a snake. And then Moses seen God take that snake and turn it back into a rod. Moses walked with God. You seen where Jesus, Jesus got mad and threw people up out of the church. They were on his last nerves, and now we're talking about Moses, and Moses was with God. He was probably the, spent more time than anyone else in the Bible with God himself, and, and, and he had seen God take the staff and, and throw it on the ground and turn it into a snake, and then he told Moses, pick it up. Moses picked it up, and it went back to a staff. He had seen the miracles of God, and then God said, I want you to write the Ten Commandments. So he went up to the mountain. He left the people behind. He left the people behind. He said, I got to go up here. You can't come. God's up here, and I'm going to go be with God. So Moses went up the mountain, and God gave him the Ten Commandments, the rules that you and I should follow still today. Who believes in the Ten Commandments? You and I should still follow them. That ain't Old Testament preaching. That's New Testament way. He gave us those rules to follow. Like I told you in my announcements, people have been breaking the rules for a long time. So Moses is up there with God. They write the Ten Commandments. He says, go back and give them. Moses comes back down. As good as Moses is, as much as time as he spent with God, people got on Moses' last nerves, and he got so frustrated with a group of people that he dropped the Ten Commandments and went and started screaming at them. Started hollering at them. Now Moses was a great man of God, but Moses... Man, when they got on his last nerve, he told them about it. He dropped them Ten Commandments, and man, he went out there, and he just said, what's wrong with you people? Can't you even wait? 
Don't you ever want to say something, man, what's wrong? Can't you even wait? Can't you even wait? People will get on our last nerves if we don't give them what we want. Our children sometimes get on our last nerves when we don't give them what they want. We do God that way sometimes. We do God that way sometimes. We get on his nerves? I don't think so. I don't think so. I think God loves us enough through his son Jesus that he proved that. So we got to raise the standard. Jesus died on the cross for all sins. The sins of all people. Well, if their sins bother me, I'm ready to fight. If their way makes me crazy, I'm going to just show them how crazy I am. If you're a Christian, you're supposed to be changed. I'm baptizing two people after church today, and it's out with the old and up with the new. Where's your new? Your new don't run back to the bar. Your new don't run back to cussing everybody out. Your new don't run back to your old lifestyle. Your new runs to Calvary. Your new runs to Jesus. Your new runs to prayer. Your new runs to church. First thing I do every day is tell my ranch in to open up the front doors of the church. I don't care what else you do. I know we got cows to feed. I know we got gates we got to open. But you open the back doors of that church and you turn the light on. Why? Because God's house will be a house of prayer because this world is hard. And when people get on our nerves, because people will get on our nerves. Y'all look at me all holier now, boy. People will get on your nerves. What I do, Brother Mark, when she gets on my nerves? What I do when he gets on my nerves? Boy, Brother Mark, you preaching to me this morning because I got a co-worker. I was thinking about whooping Monday morning. I was going to chop him in the throat, doss him in the eye. When he wasn't looking, I was going to come up on behind him. You know, people get on our nerves. One of the prayers and one of the quotes I say a lot because I'm only human. We're only human. God sees us today and he helps us today. He left us the Holy Spirit as a great comforter. There wasn't no Holy Spirit in Moses' time. The Holy Spirit came after Jesus ascended. So the Holy Spirit is here to help us. When people get on our nerves, he's here to help us. Man, this is good preaching. One of my favorite quotes, one of the things I say to myself is, Lord, help me to stop whining. Lord, I don't want to be like Moses and buried outside the promised land. Moses whined and complained about those people, and those people got to enter the promised land, but Moses was already up in age. Can I say this to you all that's up in age? Quit being so grumpy and complaining all the time. I was talking to the 40-year-olds, or the 50, 60, 80-year-olds looking at me all crazy this morning. We should stop whining, stop complaining, take our stuff to the Lord. Really, 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 this is good stuff this morning. You're learning. You should take that stuff to the Lord. One of the things I say is, Lord, don't let me be like Moses and buried outside the promised land. I want to go to heaven. Are there people getting on your life this morning? Turn me up just a little bit, Ricky. Are there people getting on your nerves this morning? You can hurry up and point at them. Nobody's looking. I imagine there are. I imagine if we're honest this morning, 
there's always somebody getting on your nerves. Because we're flesh. We're human. It's easier for us to look at offense than it is to look at the positive. I'm just telling you the truth. Even sometimes the ones that's been walking with the Lord a long time, like Moses, lose their cool. I imagine there are some people getting on your nerves. Why? Because God made us all different. Every one of us are different. Richard's pretty different. BJ's pretty different. Todd Jordan is strange. <laughs> Rex Robar, he's hard to get along with. Cooper, man, he don't smile. Smile, Cooper, smile, man. He says, I'll smile. And then you had to deal with Mike all weekend. Good night, Jack. You ought to be up at the altar today. You're like, man, I was going to kill him, Pastor, and leave him in Louisiana. Mary, she's hard to deal with. Now, there's not many saints like myself. Some days, we're all hard to deal with. But God deals with us, and God loves us. And so we should deal with others and love others, even when they get on your nerves, Kaylee, even when they get under your skin, even when you feel like rolling up your sleeves. You should raise your own standard. I'm so glad I'm not who I used to be. I'm so glad. I'm not arrived, but I'm not who I used to be. I still got anger problems, got anger issues. Imagine there's some here that's got anger problems and anger issues. God made each of us different. And sometimes the personalities clash. As Christians, what are we to do when people get on our nerves? Have you ever thought about it? Not in our ways, but in God's ways. What are we to do when people get on our nerves? Well, I was thinking about it yesterday, and God reminded me of a verse found in John. John 13. Go there with me. What are we to do when people get on our nerves? John 13. Got my Bible? What are we to do when people get on our nerves? John 13, 35, this is what we're to do. This is what we are to do. Sometimes I get caught up in worldly ways, and it's good for me and you to be reminded that God has higher standards. And here is our practice, what we do when people get on our nerves. John 13, 35, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you what? Touch somebody and say, I love you. Touch somebody you didn't come with and say, I love you. We're not to be like the world. We're not to be like the world. We're not to, be like them. We're not to go and do what they do. We're supposed to be different. Yesterday they had a a parade and someone started shooting. Yesterday they had a party at an apartment complex and this morning someone's dead. Yesterday they had a church service and evil walked in and killed nine people. We're not supposed to do what the world is doing. We're not supposed to be like them. We're called to take the higher road and that includes dealing with people. 
I want to share some things I found will help you. Here's a couple of tips. I told you I didn't want to preach to you this morning. I just wanted to teach you this morning. Here's some tips on how to deal with people who get on your nerves. Number one, pray for them. Can you pray for them? Amen. Number one, pray for them. Pray for that person that's driving you crazy. Write their name down in your Bible. Pray for them every day. Pray for, for, pray for them and pray for God to help you understand them. You may be the only friend that person ever sees. You may be the only Bible that person ever opens up. If you treat them like everybody else is treating them when they're lashing out, how are they ever going to get changed? Open up yourself and say, God, this person is driving me insane in my membrane. What do I do? You pray. You take them to God in prayer. You write their name in your Bible. If my name is found in any of y'all's Bibles, I'm going to whoop y'all, I promise you. You write their name in your Bible. And when you read your Bible every day like you're supposed to, their name will pop up. And it will remind you to pray for them. Watch this. And in two years, three years, four years down the road, when that person who used to get on your nerves is now your closest friend, you'll say, prayer works. Prayer works. There are some people you meet at first and you just can't get along with them. There are some people, your personality's class, you are totally like night and day. But if you'll pray for that person and pray that God would open up your mind and help you understand them, you'll become a lover of that person instead of a hater of that person. It's so easy to hate this thing. It's so easy to hate people. Thank you very much. Hallelujah. Don't touch it. Don't you touch it, boy. If anybody back there tries to touch you, you elbow them. Tell them they got on the pastor's nerves. Pray for them. Pray for them. Pray for them. Who's getting on your nerves? Is it your boss? Is it your wife? Is it your annoying husband? Pray for them. Is it your kids? Watch this. I'm going to teach you something. Watch this. Is it your kids? Is it your grown son or grown daughter that can't get it together? Don't say it out loud and make them feel bad. They're probably paying for their parents that don't understand them. Is it your parents? Write their name down. When you open your Bible, when you pray for them, God will give you a love for that person like you never had before. Because it's easier to hate them than it is to love them. It's easier to hate your wife when she continues to get on your nerves. It's easier to hate your husband when he gets under your skin. It's easier to hate your family and part ways. It's easier to run. But let me say this, cowards run, Christians work it out. If I had a nickel for everybody to talk crazy to me over the phone, or in an email, I'd be a rich guy done retire. They get face to face with me. They're not all that bad. And when I'm loving and I'm kind and I'm gentle, 
something begins to break in them. That was not the norm for me, cowboys and cowgirls. That has become the new norm since I met Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. So number one tip I can tell you right now, listen, pay attention, write this down if you're taking notes. Pray, ask God to bless that person. Tell God what your issue is with them and tell God you need some help to deal with them. And the second thing, get to know that person. Be the one, listen, well, y'all sound like asleep. Listen, take the first step. Don't wait for them to come to you. You go to them. You make the first move. Don't wait for them to make a move. Why? Because we're called to raise and we're raised to a higher standard. Like the other day when I got into it with my neighbor, my flesh swole up, but I knew if I didn't stop, it was going to get ugly. I had to make the first move. So I went and apologized for my actions and said, look, man, we can spend the next 30 years hating one another, and you probably got some neighbors that you probably can't stand. Go make the first move. Knock on their door and say, hey, I know we've had a rocky past. What are you doing here? I just wanted to tell you, man, here's a chocolate pie. Chocolate pie helps anything. <laughs> Chocolate pie can solve stuff that's been broken for years. Say, so, you know what, man? I just want to make the first step and come over and give you this pie. Now, first they're going to think it's poison. And you got to tell them, it's not poisoned. I'll eat it with you if you want me to stay. But I just want to give you this gesture. I'll tell you what's better than a chocolate pie, though. A smile and a handshake and an apology even if you think you're right. There are some people that will never succeed in life because they always want to be right. They always want to win the argument. They always want to. You know what the Bible says? If you want to be first, you've got to be last. And when you humble yourself and you apologize, God will begin to go to work on you. You say, Brother Mark, but I got all these tattoos. But Brother Mark, I got this record. Brother Mark, I got this reputation. I, I had a girl up here one time just broken in a million pieces because her reputation said that she would have beat the brakes off of her family for what they had done to her. But since she's been walking with Christ, she found her way to the altar. It's not about our reputation. It's not about how macho we are. It's not about that. It's about the Christ that lives in us. And the only Bibles that some of these people will ever open up is you. I've seen people in the ministry like Vicki and myself and the elders and other people in this church and just get attacked and attacked and attacked. And I see these people turn the other cheek and turn the other cheek. And I sit there and sometimes say, you're more of a Christian than I am. But God don't call the equipped. He equips the ones he calls. So whatever you're up again, he's going to help you. He's going to help you get through it. So listen to me. Take a step toward getting to know that person who is getting on your nerves. Ask them to go to lunch with you. Uh, we're going to Luby's after church. That was a joke, but it sounded pretty good. One person, I thank God, but it's good. Ask them to go to lunch with you. Find a few minutes to talk about them and get to know you. The more you learn about that person, the more opportunity you have to find common ground with them. We all have a story. Yours is no better than mine. We all have a past. Yours is no better than mine. 
in God's eyes, he made us all equal, and he loves us all the same. Can I give you a wake-up call tonight, today? You're not special. We're all special. There's not just one special person in this building. We're all special. God don't make mistakes. We all have a story. And you may be just be shocked to learn about that. And the way that person acts and the way they talked and the way they display themselves is probably from a vicious cycle that they hadn't broke yet. Who hears me today? Probably from a vicious cycle that they haven't broke today, something that happened, something that caused them to hurt. Number three, take it to the Lord. Take it to the Lord. Number one, pray for that person. Number two, try to get to know them. And if that don't work, just take it to the Lord. Don't take it to everybody else and gossip about them. Because gossip, the Lord hates. It destroys things. Take it to him, captive. Captive, just you and him. You ain't even got to open your mouth and let the devil in. Just take it to him in prayer, in your thoughts. Say, Lord, when I get a negative thought, when that person crosses my mind, I'm going to confess it immediately that Christ may help me get through that don't allow your mind to entertain negative thoughts about a person the bible says that you have to guard your mind because you know if it gets up here it's usually coming out here because what goes in here and what goes in here comes out here prove that brother mark look at the music we listen to comes in here comes in here comes in here where's it come we know how to sing those songs Look what we watch on TV. Kids are acting it out in the living rooms, and they're going out and robbing stores and convenience stores and doing stuff. What they see, what they know, what they hear is going to come out here. So before we let it come out here, we have to captivate that. We have to close it. We have to capture it and take it to God. God wants you to get along with everybody. Who believes that? That's a commandment to love one another. As I first loved you, as I first loved you, love everyone. Don't allow your mind to entertain negative thoughts about this. Guard your mind. God is so displeased when it comes to gossip. I've had to learn that the hard way. God is so displeased with gossip. Although we feel it's fun at times, but it's wrong all the time. If you spend time and you spend a lot of time with someone that gossips all the time, you need to pick you some new friends. Sometimes personalities clash and people aren't going to people are going to get on your nerves. But as a follower of Jesus Christ, Let's remember that we're called to love one another. And God's word tells us to be patient and understanding. Amen. So you learned something this morning, I pray. Write that person's name down in your Bible. Why don't you try to get to know them today? Why don't you try to make peace today? If it's an ongoing thing and you think it'll do worse, capture that and take it to God in prayer. Stand with me as we close in prayer this morning.
Every head bowed and every eye closed. Dear Heavenly Father, we pray today for understanding. Help us to understand what someone else may be going through. Help us to understand what someone else may have done to us. We know it's not right, Lord, but open our eyes, Father, that we may help them. There was not a person that Jesus didn't try to reach, that didn't try to heal, that didn't try to do a miracle through. I think about the woman at the well, and I think a lot of times the people in our lives are like that woman at the well. She had to come at night. She had to come at different times when nobody else was there because everybody knew her, everybody gossiped about her, and nobody could stand her. But there was one man that said, hey, you want something to drink? You want a drink of something that lasts forever? I've had those well moments. On the receiving end and the giving end. And Lord, I pray that something springs up inside of this church today where we begin to love the unlovable, where we fill this church up, these spots that we're making, that we're creating for the world that nobody else wants, the people that nobody else wants, Lord, we'll take them. Help us to invite our neighbors, our strangers, our friends, our co-workers. Help us to get the people that get on our nerves into our church. Careful what you pray for, preacher. No. I think it will grow an abundance of love. God can fix anything and any heart. I pray right now for your heart to be fixed. I pray right now for your heart to be fixed. That your heart would be fixed immediately. If someone's wronged you, forgive them right now. Just say, dear Lord, I forgive them. Right in your heart right now, just say, dear Lord, I forgive them. In Jesus' name. Father, thank you for our time together. I pray if there's someone here that don't know you as their personal Lord and Savior, that they would give their heart to you. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your life, pray with me right now. Just say, dear Lord, come into my life and save me. Today I make you my personal Lord and Savior. I'm going to live for you from this day forward. I believe you died on the cross for my sins and that three days later you rose. Come into my life and save me. Today I make you my Lord and Savior. Lord, we give you all the honor and glory for all that took place this day. In Jesus' name, amen. Somebody give God a praise, amen. You may be seated.